Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we're talking about disaggregated optical networks and what they mean for both customers and carriers when it comes to issues like service delivery and cost. We're sponsored by Aurelian, and our guest is Sumita Gupta Sharma, head of network transmissions. Uh, Sumita, welcome to the show. And for listeners who aren't familiar with Aurelian, they might be more familiar with its previous name. So can you tell us what that was and, and why the change? Yeah, we were Telia Carrier up till until last year. We were acquired by Polham Infra, which is the Swedish investment company backed by the largest Swedish public pension funds. So our network stretches over 70,000 kilometers across Europe, North America, Asia. We are connected in 125 countries. We've been the number one internet backbone provider since 2017. And to be honest, our customers account for 65% of all internet routes. Okay, so that's a little background on Aurelian, and you may have known them before as TLA Carrier, but they're now Aurelian providing backbone and internet connectivity service. Uh, so our main topic, I think, is uh, open and disaggregated optical networks. What, what are those? So traditionally, the end-to-end optical networks were closed and locked proprietary systems that were difficult to evolve. You would tend to be stuck with vendors with whom you deploy your line systems, and then they would be kind of proprietary client cards. So you'd be forced to fill the line system with their cards only. But thankfully, that's not the case any longer. Today, we have the freedom to choose, mix and match optical components best suited to our network. So that's the open, disaggregated optical networks we are moving towards. Okay, so like in the data center, when we talk about open networking, it's typically I can run you know a NOS that's separate from the underlying hardware, and it sounds like that's a similar thing going on for optical networks? Absolutely. There's a line system, which is the kind of the highway, and then you put on top of it whatever cards you like. Now, the key here is that optical networks are high bandwidth. You're working on this high bandwidth infrastructure at the core of the internet. And the sorts of customers that you would do business with are the people who are looking for high-speed internet that's directly connected to the highest, the fastest and best points in the network backbone. That's the sort of target market for Aurelian. And that's why I think it is more important to optimize that because we are providers of raw bandwidth, right? We, I mean, we're coming out of pandemic, but we still continue to see 30 to 40% growth year on year. I mean, we are, at the same time, we are hit by global supply chain issues. So I think it was about time that we create not only supplier diversity, but also get the best buck for our money at the right time, which is really important. Mm. Yeah, I presume that this openness means because you have more selection among the cards you can use, that means you know price differential, uh, performance differentials, whatever, or supplier diversity. We can you know choose whatever is best in the market. I mean, we have small, disaggregated, modular building blocks. So, so I think different. Uh, suppliers have different roadmaps. So we don't need to stick with one supplier's roadmap. So that's that's also the benefit that because we can choose, the network is, is easier to maintain, faster to adapt, obviously cheaper mm. to operate. So it, it is uh, it is definitely the, the right way to go, I would say. Yeah, I, I liken this to sort of how taxi companies work back in the days when taxis were a fleet of cars. And they would pick one type of car and it was cost-effective, middle of the road, did the job, and sometimes it's optimized for the purpose. But having 
the ability to get it fixed using off-the-shelf parts. So by using a standard car, you can get third-party components. You can go back to the car maker for parts. The, the serviceability, there's also the operational angle. If you're just using the same optical all the way across the board, your operation simplifies out because everything starts to look the same. You start to just focus on high bandwidth, low latency. And that's actually what you want out of Absolutely. an internet connection. You don't want every packet to be lovingly counted and carried by angels from point A to point B, like the old MPLS. You just want as much bandwidth as you can get for a, for a fair price at the lowest latency. Yeah, of course, there is a slight uh, handoff here as well. When we're using one vendor, there's always the closest we can get to 100% spectral efficiency because I mean, that's one vendor. Mm. With When we are introducing multiple vendors, there are tiny margins that we have to put in terms of utilization of the spectrum. So there might be, I mean, the utilization in terms of the spectral efficiency might be around 95%. But I think that really surpasses the benefits that we achieve from having this uh, this diversity and this uh, this modular structure and to be really honest i mean not being held on hostage by a single vendor can be quite liberating too <laughs> so i mean i can understand the benefits for you as a carrier but what about customers why should they care I mean, customers, the services are deployed on the latest best performing platforms because we are choosing what is best in the market. So there's better service performance, there's faster delivery, obviously this cost effective. So it's a win-win for the customer as well. Mm. So does this mean, Have you are you engaging with the vendor community or independent organizations to sort of pr pr uh, to push this notion of openness uh, in the optical the networking space and in the, in the equipment space? I mean, we've deployed the open line system, which means we can put any cards and more and more vendors, because it was inevitable, right? More and more vendors, if they want to continue to sell, they have to make their, uh, they have to accept openness, you know, and be in, in this, in this com competitive space. Otherwise, if you're kind of locked in and still with that idea that they would like to have a closed system, they would like to have their own transponders onto the line system. I don't think, I mean, especially we would not support that every, so we're extensively expanding our network. We're building new routes in, in, you know, different regions and all of those networks are open and that gives us great flexibility in terms of you know not only the speed of deployment but also we are using best in the class components obviously our i mean and we are able to achieve the most cost effective bits per mile traveled and when you're talking about backbone providers as Aurelian is this is a scale business you invest hundreds of millions of dollars in long haul capacity and digging that cable in the ground, setting up the landing stations, getting access from, you know, various IXPs and interconnections and all that sort of stuff. That's a scale business. And so really what you want to focus on is how do I get the business to operate at scale? How do I get the maximum bandwidth? But you also don't want to be buying these, well, let me try and simplify this. You don't want your IXP or your backbone provider to be buying fancy optical equipment that's got transponders and it's got mystical magic to, you know, handcraft every signal across the backbone. What you want is something that just works stably, reliably and fast at a fair price. 
And that is why, you know, we've we've been successfully running bandwidth over six six hundred G over covering two thousand kilometers. We've done trials on on transatlantic ring. We can load four hundred G on transatlantic ring. So I think, I mean, we know that disaggregation and openness works, and it works well. This is not something that most telcos talk about. They don't sit there and say, you know, we've got the best bet. The we go for maximum bandwidth at reasonable price. That's what that's our goal in life. And I just want to highlight how much of a transition this is from where we were to where we are now. This is a business that's focused on that one thing, whereas other telco providers go like, oh, we've got a bunch of custom services and we've got data centers and we've got costs and MPLS and blah, 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 blah. But they don't actually sell you the thing that you actually want. And this is a differentiator, I feel. More so recently, we've seen even large enterprises, you know, wholesale uh, bandwidth, of course, wholesale customers always were interested in in bits per mile. But what Mm. we've seen recently, even the large enterprise, you know, they're more concerned about buying uh, raw bandwidth as opposed, opposed to managed services. You know, their buying patterns are starting to imitate more of wholesale-like customers where buying wavelength and Ethernet is preferred rather than managed services like SDN because they would like to do the layer three stuff by themselves, what suits their enterprise, what suits their organization. So Mm -hmm. what we've been saying that what was old is now new again because, I mean, these things, I mean, wavelength and Ethernet never goes out of fashion. (laughs) (laughs) You've mentioned um, bits per mile a couple of times. Is that sort of an internal metric that carriers use to talk about uh, the cost of delivering service or is that something that customers need to be thinking about? I think for both, because ultimately, uh, how much you can carry over what distance is dictated by the cost. So, I mean, if you can get the maximum out of bandwidth, out of the maximum distance, then it is a, it is a win-win for both customers and for, for carriers. So are there other things that uh, Aurelian's doing aside from uh, this open disaggregated optical? Yeah, I mean, we are quite bullish on the 400G ZR coherent pluggable optics rollout, which is the IP over DWDM. We are trialing a 400G ZR on a router that plugs directly into the DWDM filter, and it completely eliminates the need for back-to-back transponders. So this will be very soon rolled out in all our metro areas across our network. Now, that's key because that means you can actually start eliminating whole subsets of technology where before you would have had a DWDM chassis and then you would have had a section of shelves associated with that. Now, all of a sudden, that's just being being disintermediated effectively. And I think... Uh as we are reaching the Shannon's, everyone talks about Shannon's limit, right? I mean, how do we get more when you can't increase? How do you, uh, you know, make it more cost effective when you can't increase the amount of bandwidth you can put on a wavelength? So, I mean, the next step will anyways going to be, I mean, simplifying the network, collapsing the layer. That's right. And every piece of equipment that you can pull out simplifies the network, lowers the cost, uh-huh. and speeds it up at the same time. So, you know, the old ways of doing DWDM where the DWDM company would make all of the optical, and then right at the end, they'd have an optical to Ethernet. And now we're seeing that just become part of the network. 
Yeah, yeah, and it is it is simplifies its better management. You know, uh, it is uh, unified monitoring control planes. It is better for the environment, lower power consumption. Uh, so it it is uh, mm. inevitable to not adopt this. Are there challenges though for you in transitioning to IP over DWDM? Yes, they are. I must be honest here, but uh, I mean the biggest challenge I would see I would think is people challenge. You know, IP and optical domains have always run separately by separate groups of people mm-hmm. who have kind of independently taken decisions, sometimes suboptimally, as the vision is kind of tunneled because they're thinking of their smaller unit rather than the larger picture. So I think moving away from that culture, moving away from that structure is needed. And I think it is about time we do that and bring those two groups together. So if I'm going to translate what I think I heard you say, it's there are technical issues, but it's also sort of a uh, a domain issue or a silo issue within the organization for, you know, trying to collapse those, uh, the optical and the IP sides. Yeah. Yeah. It's a deep rooted siloed structure over years. So it'll take time to do that, but I think it's about time we do that. Silos persist everywhere, I guess. <laughs> yeah, things are what they are. It just takes time for everything to change. And, 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 but it, there, I think always what we had to do is wait for the, the telecoms industry to evolve and start to realize that focus on business is what wins customers at the end of the day. And the other way of service providers who used to be highly diversified, like, you know, very divergent and doing a range of different things, that's kind of going away. Right. Well, this does uh, end our time. Sumita, thanks for being with us. If folks want to find out more about Aurelian, where would they go? You can find all the information about our network and our company at Aurelian.com. Okay, great. That's Aurelian.com, A-R-E-L-I-O-N, Aurelian.com. And we'll also have that link and others in the show notes that accompany this podcast. Uh, Sumita, thank you for joining us and thanks to Aurelian for being a sponsor. And thanks to you for listening. If you like this episode, there are many more fine, free technical podcasts and our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. We've also got a lot of educational videos on YouTube. Check that out. Just search for Packet Pushers online. You can follow us on Twitter at Packet Pushers. Find us on LinkedIn and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>